Hello and welcome to the Animation Club podcast. This is a Q&A featuring Chloe Deneuve and Manisa Fasal. Please note that these Q&As were recorded across 2020 and 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Goodbye for now. So welcome Animation Club to another live Q&A. This one has a bit of a difference. We have two guests on today. We have Manisa Fazel and Hello. Chloe Deneuve. I forgot it all, all instantly. <laughs> Chloe Deneuve. Um, two animators from Blue Zoo. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves properly in a moment. And then we also have Fion and Endless joining us. And they are animators from the Animation Club. And they are going to be co-hosting, well, mostly hosting. I'll keep an eye out for the comments. You girls can ask the main questions. Um, I'll let um, I'll let Manisa and Chloe, in whichever order you like, introduce yourselves a little bit, and then and then and then we can get stuck in with questions. Yeah. Cool. Um, hello. Uh, my name is Manisa, and I'm a junior animator at Bluesy. Uh, this is like my first um, proper job <laughs> as an animator, and uh, in July, it'll be like one year since I've started. Fantastic. Hello, <laughs> uh, my name's Chloe and I'm a lead animator here at Blue Zoo. Uh, I've been working here for almost five years now. Um, and I started off as a junior on Number Blocks, Series 1, if you're familiar with it. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's quite nice that we've got um, a range, we've got a, a fresh start to the industry and someone who's been it for a little while. That's handy for And um, so uh, the subject uh, for this Q&A, we don't usually have subjects, but for this one, it's around uh, women in animation. Um, so I'd like you, well, over to you girls now. You can ask the first question. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I go first. <laughs> uh, could you both give us a little bit of an idea of what your roles at Blue Zoo involve and what a day at work might look like? Go first, Manisa. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, my role involves uh, working with my team uh, and my lead, uh, going through uh, our allocation. Uh, so um, we we each team we get like an episode, and then we go through blocking. Um, I sometimes get feedback from my lead, and then we get we have it reviewed uh, with our anim animation director and the director of the show. We get so we we would get notes. Uh, have that uh, address those notes and then work further into the the shots until uh, our final deadline. Yeah. Uh, and I guess mine is a little, pretty much the same, but a little bit different. I guess um, as a lead, my responsibilities are a bit different. So um, I usually start my week off by um, putting a, a daily catch up with my team every morning, which usually lasts between. 15 minutes and half an hour, depending on uh, what we have to say. Um, and then I kind of spend my time kind of mostly three quarters, I'd say, animating. Um, and then another quarter of it, like just checking in with my team on a regular basis, giving them feedback um, and doing things in the background um, to do with other departments and things like that. That's basically my day to day. Uh, are we going on to the next question? You can go on to the next one. All right, then we have the second question. Which of the projects on Blue Zoo's Vimo, Vimeo, Vimeo <laughs> have, you, have you been involved with? What have been your favourites? Um, so for me, um, 
uh, one of the projects um, that I've been involved with and I'm currently am uh, is the Adventures of Paddington. So uh, I started off um, uh, on series two, uh, uh, and yeah, it's been it's been great. It's a really cute show with a really nice uh, stop motiony look to it. Mm. Um, uh, another um, project that I've been involved with is a, a short film called uh, Sinking Feeling, uh, which is about raising awareness uh, on youth suicide. Uh, but uh, it's currently uh, not on the Vimeo page yet. But keep your uh, keep keep your eyes peeled because um, that should be released soon. <laughs> it looks amazing, by the way. Sinking Feeling. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> Um, I've worked on quite a few of the, the projects at Bluesy now, having been here for almost five years, but um, I started out on series one of Number Blocks, um, which was incredible, but I'd say my favourite to date has probably been Miffy, Miffy the Rabbit, just because it was, it was very simple animation. We were quite a small team and it was just a really lovely show to work on. Um, but I'm currently working on a show which I unfortunately can't talk about, but I think it's gonna be pretty up there with my favorites. Um, can't wait for you guys to see it whenever it does come out. Secret, secret. Yeah. <laughs> so my turn. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we know that you're both working in animation. So um, what would you say is the gender split at Blue Zoo in the animation department? I'm pretty sure we're about 50-50. I think yeah, I think we're about fifty-fifty. Would you agree, Manisa? Yeah, I would. I would say so. It's quite. And uh, I think the company overall, it's really well um, um, split, and it's quite diverse. Um, and I think um, uh, it's quite inclusive. Um, but uh, in if we're talking about animation department specifically, uh, I think it's uh, still. Uh, a bit more male dominated but it's still we're seeing more and more like women in animation in that department and i feel like in the future we can see that increasing more as well it's really nice because um with the animation club itself i think it's becoming more female dominated i would say we're taking over yeah <laughs> it's um yeah it's not like a surprise as such but when it comes to I, it's nothing that came across my mind until i have to fill out a report card every so often just for the funders to say how inclusive we are mm -hmm. and then you're writing down the figures of how many males and females there are and then realizing that most of the club is made up of uh, female animators and it's quite nice to see especially when you hear on tv and in interviews like this where there can still be a male dominated environment in the workplace yeah i mean to be honest when i first started five years ago it was still, it was very different picture. It was still quite male dominated, especially, especially in the, the higher roles. But it's, it, I've seen a massive change since then. There are, there are more women in the higher roles as well. But just the split generally is, is better. It's more equal, I'd say. And that's just in five years. Yeah. So hopefully it'll just keep getting better and better. Over the last couple of years, we've had um, um, freelancers joining us and the freelancers that are joined for us for animation um, are female as well. So um, again, it's not that we're searching specifically for female animators, but um, 
it just does seem to be that there's a lot more female. Mm -hmm. I mean, generally creative, in the creative industry, we, we find there's a lot more um, female members joining in with the projects that we're up to, which is quite, again, it's quite nice to see the balance. You never think about it until you have to write down the report cards and things, yeah. really. I would say they've answered a bit of the questions that we have lined up okay. uh, over here. So I'm going to go on to the next okay. bigger question. Yeah. Have you had a female mentor or influence like, slash inspiration who has helped you in your career? So um, with me, that's a really interesting question because uh, when I was at uni, um, I joined like an e-mentoring e uh, scheme and, and where they would access VFX and they try and match you up with the uh, a mentor like within the industry and I got matched up with Chloe <laughs> and so uh, it was really nice uh, just having uh, someone I could go to to ask questions about the industry and what it's like working there um, and uh, yeah and then just having someone I could speak to about it and um, show my work to if I wanted some advice and, and feedback and um, yeah <laughs> it, 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 that's, I, I would say Chloe uh, is one of them and um, I think once I started uh, in the industry as well I feel like I'm surrounded by like amazing <laughs> female like animators um, that inspire me um, as well I my um, previous lead as well Zoe hi Zoe <laughs> uh, was also an, was an amazing uh, mentor uh, and a great person to go to for advice and feedback and Jess <laughs> yeah some great people <laughs> Um, I, to be honest, I've had loads um, of, I mean, even like not necessarily, these like women aren't necessarily in a higher position than I am. Um, to be honest, a lot of being a part of Blue Zoo, everyone on all different le levels is always kind of an inspiration because you you're in that creative um, industry and everyone has such different life experience as well and that helps to inspire um, but I'd say probably a big like stepping stone for me was when I uh, applied for the Helen North Achieve program which is through Animated Women UK um, and I was uh, lucky enough to, to get a place on that um, it was through application and it was a uh, it was basically a career development program for women in animation. And I met so many incredible women from all different companies. Um, it was more around uh, London or in the UK, I guess, but from all different parts of animation, um, there was people, uh, there were modelers and producers, animators, uh, effects artists, and all different levels. And they, it, that was just an incredible experience that, that really, changed everything for me animated women uk and um now i'm uh, kind of a member it's a membership and you can sign up um for i think something like 20 pounds a year and they hold um like networking events which are now over zoom mostly but or entirely uh but that was incredible yeah animated women uk look it up um uh, what experiences have brought you up against sexism in your career and how did you deal with them? Uh, I am not entirely sure that I've had to deal with much, to be honest, myself. Um, 
to be honest, I think a lot of it when I was when I first started out, it was the lack of representation. I think that kind of I would say gave me less confidence. Mm. But as I met new people and as I um, got to spend longer here. I think, and also especially the Helen North Achieve program, that gave me much more confidence just to try things, just to give it a go, and to, you know, kind of speak up. Um, and the more I did, the more I felt encouraged to. I think. But I've never, I've been fortunate enough that I've never experienced anything bad. Really, it was just more of a lack of confidence in myself, I guess, than anything else. But having people around me that would encourage me, kind of um, put a stop to it in, in some form or another. Yeah, I would say my uh, experience so far has been uh, quite similar. Um, I feel lucky um, that uh, I'm in, I'm at a studio that's very welcoming, very friendly, and very inclusive. Um, and I've never quite, I've never really um, dealt with that any sexism in my, in my career so far and i hope i i won't <laughs> but uh if like um i think if there was ever like a circumstance where you do um get faced with uh, this sort of thing um i think my advice would be to maybe speak to you, your uh, company's hr department and like be able to report it because a lot of these things go unreported um, and then it just continues. And so I think the best thing we can do is speak out about it and um, and just make sure these problems are known and that we our voices are heard. Well, I mean, it's good that now there, there does seem to be people taking things seriously and listening to that sort of thing. So that is a good point is to report it and make sure they're heard. Um, because uh, as you say, a lot of people don't realize that just not reporting it, it can continue and and, and that more people are taking these kind of things seriously, aren't they, nowadays? Yeah, I think, to be honest, especially if you're you're young and it's your first job and you're worried about saying something, yeah. if you're worried about going directly to HR, maybe, maybe talk to your lead about it and, and because, like, there's no place for it, especially here, you know, there's no place for it and your lead or someone else or even talking to friends or something, at least with the support, um, you should go and talk to your HR department, your head of HR, I'd say, about it. Because it's not okay. Um, before we carry on, I'll just uh, remind uh, anyone watching, um, we will take uh, questions in the comments as well, if you want to comment, um, and I'll read those. And Lindsay, beyond one, uh, has found the link to the... Um, <laughs> To the um, animated women uk so uh, she shared that in the comments if anyone was looking for that without hesitation uh, i found it yeah, found it very cool um yeah sorry have you got more questions sorry. uh yes what route did you take through education to get where you are now i don't i don't know how far back you want no. or you want to go in terms of education because um uh for me uh I think I, I had a, a very uh, had a general interest in animation from like a young age. So uh, when I was younger, I would sometimes make like these really uh, short uh, animations 
in Microsoft Paint and Windows Movie Maker. And, and like, I just, I'd have fun just making them move. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't really pursue, pursue a career in it until like later, until I think um, when I, I got to my A-levels. Uh, and that's when I was like, oh, I really, I, I discovered, oh, there's like, you can get, there's a job in this area there's jobs in these areas and um, you can get a career in it. And so I, d I delved into it and did a bit more research. Um, I went to open days um, and discovered um, um, a course. Uh, uh, I really liked the course at uh, the University of Hertfordshire. Uh, and so um, I applied there. Uh, and then that, uh, just do going through uni and being surrounded by like-minded people, uh, it, I think it really opened up my eyes to like, the different pathways and like they they allowed us to experiment with the uh, 2d 3d um and like learn about like the, the games as uh, and, and the vfx pathway and i think that really opened up uh, other possibilities for me in terms of what jobs were out there and preparing me for uh, industry uh so mine's a bit different Mine's not quite as inspiring as yours, Benita. I'm, I'm afraid that I, like, I was, I was, I wasn't a drawing when I was a kid, but I never really thought of that animation was a career. So I actually, um, the, I, I was educated in France. So my equivalent of my A levels is called a baccalaureate over there, and mine was a scientific one. Um, I majored in physics, um, and but I did that because. In France, that was the hardest kind of A-level you could do, but it meant that you could literally do anything you wanted. And at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do um, until my dad said to me, well, you like computers and you like drawing, so why don't you see if you can combine the two? Um, and then I kind of stumbled upon a school in France called um, ESMA, and it was quite a vigorous process of um, choosing, but I got in and I studied animation and uh, visual effects um, and then I kind of I got my first job out of university in Paris uh, where I my very very first job was as a previous artist on um, something that ladies might know always sanitary towels <laughs> that was my very very first job and it was amazing it was incredible um, and then uh, kind of a year or two later, I decided that I wanted to come back to the UK, uh, where I decided I only wanted to come back to the UK if I got a job at Blue Zoo. So I worked my butt off to have a showreel that was good enough. And luckily enough, I got it. Worked hard enough and I got it. And I've been here ever since. Awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. It's good to get a decent showreel together. That's something that I keep um been bad about. I don't have much of a showreel. I'm, I'm too busy showing everyone else how to do it, not talking <laughs> myself for things. Um, yeah, I think mine was a similar one, it's sort of in between. Uh, so I, I've always been a creative person in, into drawing and things, and it was only halfway through university when I had a go with animation when I thought, actually, I could do a bit more with what I, I like building stuff and drawing stuff, but making it come to life mm -hmm. was that's the fun part. Yeah, that's the fun that's bit. The fun part. Um, but what's quite nice about these kind of Q&As is we're going to look at the different roles in animation mm -hmm. so that if then, so that although you can, and there's no saying that you can't be an animator, but there's the different roles in animation that you might want to 
Yeah, kind of well. like focus on certain things. Yeah. And stuff. I remember looking at Pixar in a Box, which is oh, like yeah. this whole video series about all the different parts of animation mm. and making movies. And there were all sorts of different things, and I found them all really interesting because there was storyboarding, there was concept art, and there was rigging, and there was the making of the models, and there was the actual animating, and there was lighting, and it was all really interesting. Exactly. So if you were doing stuff, yeah, if you're doing stuff for yourself, most of the time you would do everything. But mm. then sometimes, if you want to work for an organisation, you want, might want to focus on one aspect of that. Is your showreel available to view online at all, Chloe? Oh God, is the one that I applied to Boozy with? I imagine yes, but to be honest, I've been lucky enough that I've been here for five years, so I haven't actually made a, rec a, a recent one. I think maybe the last one uh, I made was from Mithy, which was maybe three or four years ago now. Uh, but I should probably make a more up-to-date one, to be honest. But I imagine the one that I applied to Boozy is on my Vimeo page, yes. I haven't seen it in a long time, but... <laughs> Um, Lindsay's also asking to Chloe, uh, to Chloe um, why Blue Zoo? What was it that made you hellbound on there in particular? And tell us more about the art and maths computing intersection of the work, please. Oh, uh, okay. Why Blue Zoo? I just, I'd heard a lot of really good things about Blue about their like company culture. Um, and I also really loved the style of animation. I feel like London is quite FX heavy and I like cartoon animation. Um, and so Luzu seemed to be the best place to do that. And also I had a few of my um, friends from university that were in the same year as me that had were already at Luzu and just would always say how great it was. Um, and seeing as I wanted to come back to the UK because it's where some of my best friends were, I also wanted to do, I didn't want to do, yeah, I didn't want to do effects. Um, so Bluesy was the place. So I had to just uh, work as hard as I could to get here. And it paid off, so it's great. <laughs> um, the scientific maths, okay, maths, I don't know why, but I have a good physics brain, but I have an awful maths brain. Um, even though I did work on number blocks, it was pretty simple maths, but still. Um, but I don't find that I use a lot of maths in animation. I suppose I use physics in the sense of body movement uh, a lot. So I think something that I learned very early on, and that I think a lot of animators do, is just that they're very observant people. Um, like. I, I like to run, for example, but I always notice that everybody has a very different style of running, and I find it absolutely fascinating, um, which kind of carries over into my work. So I'm, I'm sorry, Lindsay, that there's, I don't do much computing stuff. Um, you mentioned the fact that Blue Zoo is in London earlier, which is actually quite a nice way of flowing on to the next question we have, because um, we're in rural North Wales and you're in London. Do you think the opportunities in the industry exist mostly in the capital, or do you think that there is the potential for that to change with remote um, working capabilities in the future? Yeah, so I, I feel like um, uh, at the moment uh, there's still uh, currently a lot of um, jobs based in London more than any other area in the UK uh, but um, with remote working that's definitely changing uh, it's allowing people that otherwise wouldn't have been able 
to like um, apply for certain jobs or be able to re relocate have like they, they have opportunities now to like try for these jobs um, and I feel like with remote working it, it's changing the industry uh, and for the better and it's it's hopefully going to spread out and be less focused in just London yeah I totally agree I think the great one great thing that this pandemic has showed us is that we can all work remotely if the need be um, in fact we had in our leads meeting today we've got um, a lovely producer that has joined us recently who actually I think she lives in Newcastle but she said that she'd always wanted to work at Blue Zoo but she didn't want to move to London uh, and now she has she's got access so she works with us we've even got people we've got people in France we've got people in Spain I think it's great and it, you don't have to be London based really anymore to have these opportunities it's just opened up so many doors for so many people especially with london being so expensive to live in i feel like uh it's great that um people that who weren't previously able to move to london because of say financial um problems or like of ha housing um problems they they don't have to worry about that they're able to work from the comfort of their home um and, and like chloe mentioned it doesn't have to be even like in the uk anymore it can be like across europe europe and, and other countries <laughs> Well, it's, it's proven quite handy for this situation as well. We've been able to expand the audience of the Animation Club because it was always a popular group. Um, so getting the physical space was always quite difficult. But being able to expand it and then thinking about people that, uh, as we're all inclusive, some people might have um, um, issue, uh, anxiety issues about coming out um, or uh, travel. Uh, issues so it's been quite nice to be able to interact with people from their homes and then in the same way chatting to yourselves it's a bit it's i don't know why it never crossed my mind before but being able to invite people to tape but just to just chat on online has been quite handy and as you say overseas as well we've had a few american animators uh, join us as well on the q a's and it's just been nice to be able to spread out that way i didn't think we'd be able to do that before We've approached studios in the past and then there's usually a cost of getting someone to come and talk and um, so it's nice to connect all the young people with animation professionals and, and chat to them it's been really nice and for myself I've, I've enjoyed talking to people rather than sitting in a room <laughs> it's been quite good <laughs> um what advice would you give to us 15 year olds wanting to learn and gain experience and eventually enter the industry you're in oh I can 15. <laughs> I feel so old now. Um, I would say, I would say, um, there's stuff like uh, what Munisa did through Access VFX with mentorships. Definitely have a look at those um, because a lot of us industry professionals are on there. We sign up as mentors. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that any age can apply. Um, there are also find out about uh, things like Animated Women UK where you can attend events um, whether it be online or in person like and they hold panels and, and things like that there's a lot through Access VFX as well um, be observant I think just take I'd say take an interest in everything you see because that will give you a really rich experience 
Um, I, I'm, I'm reading from a list I just made while I was thinking about it. Um, I think uh, having uh, diverse interest in, as in interest in lots of different things um, will be very enriching. Um, and I'd, think, I'd say be open to feedback, you know, um, if you find if you find someone on LinkedIn, for example, and you send them this, you, they, you want show real, like listen and be open to feedback, because you know everything that we will give you is is from our experience, and um, you know we'll give you the best advice that we know on how to make your show real, like pop. So I think that I think that's about it. Maybe these are what anything else you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Agreed with everything that um, uh, Chloe mentioned. Um, I think what another uh, one other thing I would recommend to um, young animators is to keep uh, being inspired, uh, not just by like the world around us and like just and like the people you're with, but also um, uh, I, I love watching. Uh, people's work online like when they post it on social media and like I I, uh, I, I love being inspired by the people and the ideas that people have and I, I look at them like how, how did that person come up with that and like the storytelling and just sometimes I go through frame by frame to see how they achieved something and made it look so pretty um, so I, 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 re I really recommend uh, following um, some animators and artists like um, uh, on Instagram or, or, or like uh, yeah on any social media uh, another thing I would uh, recommend is um, maybe doing some small personal projects. So um, uh, sometimes it's it's nice um, uh, working like in a studio and like working to like a brief and working with your team. But I, I don't think there's anything quite like having full creative control and like making small personal projects on the side uh, where you decide how you want to how something to move or like to appear to camera um, and like it and I think those sort of projects are like a reflection of you and so as long as you can show your yourself through your animation that will come through your personality um, and that's definitely something that um, I think studios and recruiters look out for. Um, also I recommend uh, speaking to other animators that are in, the, are in industry <laughs> so kind of like what you, you guys are doing right now. Uh, so uh you can uh so i don't know um if you guys uh have a linkedin yet but if if you do um when you, or maybe when you're older uh, you can make a, a link a linkedin account and you can uh message other animators or send connection requests and usually most of them are really happy to answer any questions because uh, uh we were once in a similar position um and yeah and also as well as um animated women um there's also there's also a monthly animation meetup called uh, Bring Your Own Animation. And so you, you can uh, bring any personal projects that you're working on and like have that have looked, at, look, looked at by people that are in industry and get feedback uh, from them. And they usually, I, I've been before and it, they're super friendly. Um, and the, the advice they give is like, it's kind of like gold. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, and like, I just I made a ton of notes. Um, and you make some great connections through these sort of networking events. Um, and, and you usually, you start like rem remembering names and like when you see them pop up on social media, you're like, oh, I, I remember them, I spoke to them, they're super nice. And it, it's great to like slowly build up that web um, of networks. 
um, as well as the uh, e-mentoring scheme um, that I uh, mentioned before. Uh, I also did um, a similar thing to the animation club that you, you guys are doing right now. So I, I joined um, the BFI Film Academy. Uh, it was with the Film and Video Workshop in Islington. And then we, uh, I think in, in like a month, we helped, we went, met, worked and made a short film. Uh, and similarly, I joined 3D AMI, uh, which is where similar thing, uh, you make a, a short film in about a week, but using Blender. And that was also my uh, first experience using 3D software, uh, but it, it was a great beginner's introduction to it. Um, and it opened up, it's where I discovered like, oh, I do enjoy animating in 3D. And it, it was basically like puppets, but in like this virtual space. Um, but yeah, and that's all my rest. <laughs> Um, if any, what pressures or bar barriers or obstacles should we be prepared for when we, uh, if we, when we <laughs> got thrown off the yes, yes. It's always when, never if, when. When, <laughs> when, when, when you get an industry, not when you find the barriers. So, carry on. <laughs> Barriers <laughs> um, and pressure. Um, I'm guessing this is barriers and pressures before you get into the industry or before you get your first job. Would that be is that right? Or when you're in it? Um, that's my main worry: is how do you actually get into it? Because you could yeah. do all the stuff and get, get a decent portfolio, and then go, now what? <laughs> I think yeah, I think I think to be honest, like stuff like what Nina was always talking about, like bring your own animation. Um, if you keep, you know, showing up to events where people start recognizing you, you'll build up a little kind of a web of um, a, a little network of people. I think just keep showing your work to people, and you know, by doing so, you'll get feedback for things, you'll make things better, and by the end of it, you'll have a showreel that's. I guess good enough to be called in for an interview even um and then offered your first job i just think just keep going really don't try not to be discouraged because you know we've all been there i've been there manise has been there we've all been there um looking for our first jobs feeling um under pressure or lack, lacking confidence but if you work hard enough um you'll get there you always will um, definitely, um, I, I agree agree with that. Um, I think when I was starting off or when I was at uni, I think my biggest uh, barrier was myself. <laughs> so um, I would be scared to ask for feedback because I always worried that I was never good enough or I, I, I just I had this really high standard and I was like, oh, I wouldn't go to people enough for feedback because I was like, oh, no, I just, Oh, I, I was I was weirdly embarrassed of whatever I made, but I, I realize now that especially like after starting an industry that uh, no, I really from the get go I should have been going to my lecturers more or going to animators more and ask showing my work and getting it out there and asking for advice because advice from industry is like different. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, I wasn't picturing. Someone's angry. Sorry, I will. Uh, I will be right there. No worries. Uh, but yeah, uh, just ad getting advice and feedback from <laughs> other uh, animators, even like if even if they're like peers and like people within uh, your um, year or like from above or below, it's 
getting a fresh pair of eyes to look at your work is always valuable. Um, and they, they, they'll usually spot things that you missed the first time around as well. So <laughs> that's my comment. Oh, we got it's a comment. Uh, so is asking, what are your favorite animations, series, movies, shorts, whether they're 2D, 3D, stop motion, whatever, of animation studios, what by? Oh. Sorry, I'm misreading that. What makes so, you just say, yes, I love it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a really hard question. Nisa, if you have an idea, you, you go ahead because I'm still thinking. Okay, um, so I think, um, well, growing up, what are my favourites? Uh, well, growing up, I was inspired by uh, loads of Ghibli films. Um, they, I just, I loved like the, the detail and like the fluidity and the emotion that they can get across. The elements that they can convey too, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly that sort of thing. Like, um, and like, I love the the mythical aspect of it as well. Like, um, and, and like the creatures, and I'm like, oh, whoa, how how do people like think of these things? I, yeah, I just love being inspired and seeing things that I never could have dreamed of. Uh, in terms of stop motion, um, I mentioned before um, uh, before we started this stream <laughs> uh, that I I watched. Um, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, and I that that is a, a beautiful, gorgeous film. Um, I watched that um, for the first time. I, I was on the plane, I think, going to Dubai, <laughs> uh, and um, I, I just had to try and stop myself from crying because it was just like such a beautiful film, beautiful storytelling, the way it was all conveyed. Um, that definitely inspired me and kind of refreshed my my love for animation. I think. Um, I'm still trying to think. To be honest, I. Most of the the movies I love are because I watched them with somebody and there was something in it that just made us like it. Mm. But one of my best friends and I, we love Finding Dory just because we were teenagers at the time when it came out and we just went to the cinema, I think, five times in that month to watch it. So I, I have, Dory has a special, uh, Finding Nemo has a special place in my heart. Um, Otherwise, I love, I don't know, recently, uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines came out. On the I adore that one. I mean, it was The way just, they incorporate 2D and 3D animation at the same time is amazing. It's yeah. Well, I just love this, how textured it is. Um, mm. The animation is unreal. Same with uh, Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, oh, that I, love kind of, I love anything that's a bit different. Also, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe I'm a bad animator for saying this, but I'm more inspired by uh, things that aren't animation than I am animation. So, maybe that's just because it gives me a break from it because I'm in it every day. Yeah. But I love stuff like uh, I love Quentin Tarantino films. Um, I just think like. I would love to do a film like like an animated film like that. I mean, that would be amazing. That would. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Most I, I love this stuff that um, Spider Verse is probably mm. up there, to be honest, style wise and animation wise. It's just a bit different, isn't it? Mm. That, I love when I first saw that, I was like, oh, so much fun. The first time I watched it, I was absolutely amazed by the style, the style of animation they chose because it was 3D animation and computer done animation, but they had made it look like a comic book. 
and they had incorporated two D text sort of yeah. styles in it with throughout, and I just oh, it was it was amazing. Have you it was seen a the good behind the scenes. Bit? Yes, yeah. no, absolutely. We also have a big book about it. it. Yeah, like the cityscapes they are made like from the camera's perspective, they look amazing and mm -hmm. um, as you'd expect them. But when you zoom the camera out, the city is like all all over the place <laughs> to make it fit in this shot. Yeah, it is crazy. It's mind blowing. I to get them. For me, that movie is a big mixture of mix of sort of nostalgia based mm. on like the comic things, also combined with like the decently modern way of animating. I think it's just so, such mm. a great blend of worlds that's just a brilliant movie. Definitely ties it back with uh, Spider Ham. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Oh, Karis is happy. Karis. Oh, woo! Yes, Hi, Karis. <laughs> Have we, have we run out of questions? Yes, we've run out of questions. Oh no, um, we're going to have to go off the rails now. That's all oh, right. No. We've only got we're like 10 it. minutes left anyway. So, um, do you have any questions for our animators? Us or them? Oh, the audience. Uh, so, so um, Manisa and Chloe, have you got any um, questions for our animators, these two? Oh, for us? Oh. <laughs> oh, how the turntable. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, got, what got you into animation? What got you interested? Oh wow, that's a um, tricky one. It's for me. It's just because I've been drawing since I could remember, and <laughs> then I, I I watched a lot of YouTube and stuff, and then because I watched a lot of like how to draw this, how to draw this, because I hate anatomy so much, <laughs> I can't draw anything in that way. But um, I started coming up and I recommended all these animated videos and stuff, and Fion uh, told me a lot about stop motion and then I, I began to notice all these um, movements in stop motion animation in like movies that I wouldn't have noticed before and that just I got really really interested in animation both uh, digital based on YouTube like you know actual drawing based on YouTube and actual stop motion based on movies I'd seen as a kid and now it's just a whole mix of what I've grown up with and what I got, got interested in what I happened to see Oh gosh, I just, oh my gosh, I love animation a lot. <laughs> oh boy. Um, my mother's never really been one for social norms. And so she was completely like, okay, when at a young age, I was into art a lot. Mm. And I really liked drawing and I did weird pictures of fairies and all sorts of different things. And that's obsession with drawing so has carried on to where I am now. But around the time when I got into animation club, I was starting to realize, wait, this is really interesting. And I especially love digitally drawn, hand-drawn animation because you can notice all the little things like squash and stretch animation and pose to pose and the, the seeing how they smudged things to make a quick yet fluid movement and the way that they snap things from having a lot of tension to suddenly not having tension. So it gives a sort of spring effect. And mm. you notice all of these things more in 2D animation than you do in 3D animation. But back to the Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse thing was they incorporate this this way they make the characters distort slightly or they have the blur motion when they move, but they purposely make it so you can see that blur when they move really quickly mm. because they're showing off how we can still do 2D um, kind of design effects while in 3D animation. And I find that amazing. And I just, I've tried animating a few things before. I'm not fantastic, but 
I love the process and I love watching it all come together and bringing something to life because it just, it feels really fulfilling. I have actually noticed whenever I watch something, literally anything now that's animated, I'll, I'll start to see those sort of motions yeah. that someone's done. Your eye just notices these things and you're like, oh, that's clever. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to watch anything without picking at it now. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh my gosh, lighting! Maybe you'll be able to do more 2D and 3D stuff when we come back. Mm -hmm. We've got yeah. a lot more of these iPads and software and stuff, so we get a chance to play around with that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, oh, uh, Lindsay's asking, uh, well, not asking, she said that uh, they, these two have watched a lot of the Blue Zoo uh, videos, oh, no. Blue Zoo animations. Um, which, ones, which ones did you like? your favorite ones i really like what was it uh links and what was it damn it i forgot the actual name links links and bird links and birds i felt it um i wanted to ask this question too because it i felt it kind of had that sort of element of showing how you know the prejudice and you know disproving prejudice and all that like that um that was another question i had i wanted to know because i've only seen two so far but um, I wanted to know if that was like a recurring theme, if that was something like specific that you guys were like looking to like get some out some sort of message while I was just with our, I was just being analytical and <laughs> now I'm messing up words. No, no, no. I was gonna say, I think uh, Chloe worked on, on that, right? Uh, on like, yeah. no, I didn't on that one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, same. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, the style um, and the storytelling in, in um, Links and Bird is really good. It's been a while since I've seen it, um, but I feel like maybe that was a, a, a theme for just uh, that short film um, in particular. Um, I, I, all, I, if you if you watch some of our other um, the short films and blues, you notice they're all like quite different from one another, and they all have like a different like idea that they're trying to portray or like a theme. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, that comes from our our we've got a shorts program here at Blue So um, every year uh, we have a theme that comes out, but we usually do it because we want to test something new. Mm. So Links and Bird was to test out fur. Um, Which and, be, by the way. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, we recently did one where we wanted to test out Blender, but we partnered with um, the anti-suicidal charity to make that happen. And so it usually comes from us wanting to test and develop something. But what happens is a there's a brief that's sent out um, by the exec team, um, and it, anyone that works at Bluezoo gets the opportunity to pitch a, pitch an idea um, and then if your idea is picked you are allowed to direct it if you want to um, or you, you can be a part of it uh, any way that you like so that's that's something that's really cool about this place is that even you know even if you're in the finance department, for example, you've got the opportunity to um, submit a story, and if it's picked, you can direct it if you want to. That's fantastic. That's yeah. really cool. That's a really good way of running business. Two things I just yes. wanted to say, um, involving the previous question and um, the mention of Blender. Another reason why I like 2D animation a lot is because I, I got Blender oh, on yes, my laptop a couple days ago. And I opened it up and I was like, okay, here's the animation tab. 
what the heck is this? <laughs> what is happening? And there's all these different things. And I had a pre-made puppet that was all rigged up and everything, so it was fine. But I was still like, what do I do? There was so much. And I was just like, I think I'll go back to procreate. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was... Gosh, it was so to people who actually know how to use Blender, I respect you so much. To be honest, the great thing about Blender is that because it's a free software, there are so many tutorials out there that are really, really good. And I mean, you will get absorbed into these tutorials, but it's such because it's free it's 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 accessible to everyone and it's amazing amazing just watch some youtube videos and you'll have it you've got it down one of the questions for everyone from there is um what's your favorite part of the animation process your favorite part uh, we can start with manisa my favorite part of the process <laughs> that's a, that's a tough one because i feel like hmm I feel like maybe the I, I I do enjoy like the idea generation part of mm. the process as well. So like even though uh, we do um, uh, when when you're in industry, you kind of get uh, get like assigned and like you kind of know what the brief a brief is. You can still like have like a, a an area of freedom where you can kind of decide the acting choice. So you can film yourself doing the action and find what feels like the most natural or sometimes like. The more, the more fun and more creative and just gathering that sort of like uh, research for that process. Um, and then I think I, I do enjoy, enjoy posing as well. just mm -hmm. trying to find out like the most appealing pose um, and like uh, when deciding to get how to get and how to get from one pose to another. I think, yeah, it's my favorite part. Um, for me, this is a, this is actually the easiest question I've had yet. The collaboration. Mm. Um, that's my favorite part of the animation process. Like, I just love talking to people, to be honest, mm. and talking to someone else that is passionate about their craft in animation, for example, let's say, um, just gets me pumped to do, to animate something and like. I mean, this happens less now because we're all working remotely, which is something I really miss actually, is just like having a chat to your mate next to you. Ah, oh, would you have a quick look at this? Tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. um, oh, maybe you can try this, maybe you can try this. Maybe you just try uh, doing a smear frame and see if anyone notices uh, <laughs> and make it sappier or something. Um, that's my favorite bit, collaborating. Um, have you got any favorite bit processes of animation yet, or are you still your favorites? You can get this though. <laughs> I really, I do like the entire animation process, but for me, I'm really specifically passionate about character design mm. and sound design. Uh, okay, Don't yes. get me, I can't talk about sound design. I will go down a rabbit hole <laughs> talking about design. I'm hoping but, to uh, get doing some more of that when we get back as well. That would yeah. be quite cool. The, the animation, the design of a character and the design of the way that they, that the aspects of what they do, like how they move and everything, you can really portray a, a personality through how they walk, for example, a bouncy animation walk or a kind of a stride. It's, it's I love all that different character characterization of characters. That's my, specifically my favorite part. What was my turn? Oh boy, uh, three favorite parts. Now that I've yeah. character design, <laughs> my first favorite part, is when you your brain just randomly comes up with an animation idea and then the more you think about it the more the animation develops and the more you go oh this is cool because it's fun to, it's really fun to visualize it in your mind and then hopefully get the motivation to actually start it 
And I do love the character creation because it's quite fun doing costume design and the way the character looks and the way they move and the way that they have their expressions and the way they, their face rests and the way that they rest in their stance. And mm. I like I think foreshadowing in character design yes, too. Yes, that too. I think that's really interesting. And when you're actually animating, I think my favorite part of the actual animation process is when you're doing the line art and the colors and the light and like a bit few special effects and stuff. Because the sketching process for each of the poses is quite daunting mm. because you're faced with a blank canvas and you don't know where and it's kind of freezes up and you don't know where to go from there. But once you get all that done and you've got all of these sketches and you're like, Woo, this flows nicely, then you get onto the easier part that's more of a passive thing that you do mm. um, you're not fully aware that you're doing it you're just enjoying the process of doing it mm. i think those are my favorite parts i think um working with colors also another working thing with colors so is nice. things, like working with colors and like the uh <laughs> there are different words there are different words there are different like words that we learn tonight media all those different yeah. um ways that you can make colors look nice together it's really that's cool too so uh, colors lighting character design it's all fun lots of different things Right. Uh, so uh, we've got a question from Aaron. Just before I ask it, though, I was just going to say, Aaron, you're invited um, because I'm trying to get hold of you. You're invited to. We've got another person from Blue Zoo coming up as a guest. We've got Will Lloyd Cook on the 10th of June, I believe. Um, Aaron, you're invited to co-host that one if you like. Um, so I'll go. That would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he's my animation director. He's awesome. Yeah, I can't. I can't cool. Be. Um, so Aaron's asking, um, what's it like in the Blue Zoo office when it's not locked down? Is it fun? Yes. <laughs> it's also fun when it, it when it's on Zoom. It's fun all the yeah. time. But it's more fun in the office, yes. Yeah. It's with me. Um, I I've had a strange experience where I've n I've not actually been able to work in the studio yet <laughs> because I started the job uh, whilst. Um, with this whole COVID situation. So it's been a bit strange uh, finishing uni at the this desk and then starting my job at the same desk because I haven't, because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really, not really like commuting like how I, I imagined um, it would be. But I, yeah, luckily with, uh, with our like, uh, with the morning catch-ups we sometimes do to try and still feel connected um, in, our, in our group chats where we can still message each other. It's, it's been, uh, it, we've been trying our best um, to still feel like um, we're a team and it, we're, we're working uh, on this like amazing project. Well, Aaron says yes. Fantastic. Yay! But with a panic expression. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's fine. We're fine. We're fine. Um, I think we've got to start wrapping it up soon. It's just coming up oh, to no. five o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. But we've it's one of those things where you're surrounded by all these people that you've never really spoken to before and you kind of freeze up but then when it's just the two of us we go off on one completely no, no. and we won't stop you can't <laughs> shut us up <laughs> mute um, <laughs> oh no Thank you very much for coming and speaking to us um for joining in it's been a pleasure to have you both and thank you both for co-hosting the first Woo. first tape animation co-host so uh, as i said before i'm looking special. to do this yeah uh, the, the trial runs went well Woo, <laughs> we're the guinea pigs, the guinea pigs. <laughs> doing more co-hosts like this 
for the rest of the um, the guests that we have and future guests guests that we get in. So if anyone is up for doing any, please like send me a message in. But yeah, again, thank you for our guests. And next, um, our next guest next week is Claire Gray from Kilogram. Um, she'll be joining us. We and co-hosting that will be Shane Howard, who a lot of people will recognise. He's done quite a few animations with us. He's, uh, he's got a series online called Orland Pets, and uh, he's made his own little feature film called Paul and the Unsee Critters. So he's done a lot of work here as well. So um, but he'll be joining us to co-host. I'm sure I've but we'll find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, he'll be joining us. Um, and and then, as I say, we've got quite a few upcoming. Oh, we've got a, a lot of thank yous coming in now. Uh, oh yeah. So we've had, we've had lots of people watching this one. It's gone down really well. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. And then uh, I'm going to go over there and click end broadcast, which means we won't be live anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> no, like, we're we'll almost at like the one hour you mark. Can, you, can all do the, you can all do the waving while I Ooh, run over. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this Q&A podcast. We would like to thank Chloe Deneuve and Manisa Fasal for speaking to us at and the Animation Club for their hard work. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Goodbye!